everybody, Eric Kasloff here. Just want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by Audible.com. Audible.com has more audiobooks than I could count. And they're going to give you a free 30-day trial. All you got to do is click the link in the description or go to the URL, audibletrial.com slash something something, and you get your very own free audiobook. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Something Something Podcast. My name is Eric Kasloff, and with me, as always, is Larry Sands. Say hello, Larry. Hello, Larry. (laughs) Hey, you may have noticed an ad before the episode this week. That is because we are now on Anchor, and we are on Spotify, which, like I said in the – we have an ad in the ad – You could be listening to the Beatles or preferably Bruce Springsteen and then decide what are Eric and Larry talking about this week, then bam, you're listening to us. We hope by the end of the month to be on iTunes. We will still be on YouTube, but on the podcast services, that's where you're going to hear us first. And we have more sponsors coming, so more ads for you to listen to. Awesome. And all that means is we're official, official, right? Yeah. Oh, and we want to, we want to thank um, intern Gavin, our new intern. That's right. We got setting up our Instagram. That's right. That's what I was going to say. We got a new Instagram. So everybody go follow us. It's something, something podcast. Uh, That's at obviously. Um, But yeah, so it's kind of cool. We're, we're ready to go, man. We're, we're like officially official now. Yeah, so Larry, now, now, we're, now we're waiting on Gavin to get yeah, like all he, the graphics. He will stuff be up. on the show soon. We will set up a time for Gavin to be on. He, you know, actually, maybe that's what we should do is is have just me, you, and Gavin. And I don't know, maybe a guest would like to talk to yeah, Gavin, but yeah. who, but Gavin, he's like he's like he's I the don't know. kookiest guy we have met in a he long is. time. He is. He's going to spice up the show, I he hope. He also has an ad. We let him do a commercial for <laughs> our sponsor to be named later. That's right. That's right. So it's it's awesome. It's awesome. So, so Eric, how is everything going? My week has been pretty blah right now. Um, I just recorded one of those sad YouTube videos that everybody <laughs> does where it goes, you know, I didn't want to do this video this week, but um, basically my first plan for the Hillsborough Road short might not be working. And I understand calling up Boy Scout camps and saying, hey, listen, I want to make a slasher movie in your <laughs> camp where little kids get killed. They're right to not let me do it. I understand that for a short For the feature, you know, if I have money to show them, I think I may have found a perfect place. I'll show it to you after the show for the feature. Cool. But I'm going to have to switch to a different short that all takes place in a kitchen, and I could shoot quick stuff in my backyard. It won't be that hard, but, yeah, you know, sometimes you got to – change course and it sucks when it happens but yeah you know i love the other script just as much it's just the visuals in the other one seeing little kids get killed would have been awesome 
That would have been, you know, I don't, I don't understand what the, what people's problem are. You know, I mean, it's not like it's going to be. And we don't show them everywhere. getting killed on camera. You just hear their cries. <laughs> okay. <laughs> See, when I tell people teenagers, everybody's like, yeah, come on. You want to, I got, I got a couple teenagers here. You want to do right, it to them right. right now? Come on. <laughs> But little kids, that's like the hey, come on there, buddy. Let's let's <laughs> let's slow down. Oh man. Oh hey, speaking of filmmaking, I like your rig. If everybody goes to what hey, what is your uh, Instagram, Instagram by the way? Be in my, it'll be in the description. Yeah, cool, cool. So you go look at your rig you got set up for vlogging. It's pretty it's cool. The, it's the ghettoest rig ever because my camera, even if my camera could have sound plugged into it, I wouldn't do it. So it is, it's MacGyvered in the best way possible. All of Hollywood is MacGyvered, by the way. Yeah. How in the best way possible. Been, I've been good. Been good, you know, just working and um, going to be heading out to L.A. pretty quick. So, um, and actually, so this is a really, really good segue, uh, by the way, um, uh, to talk about with our guest. Um, because, you know, Eric, you know, my wife has been dealing with some health stuff, right? Some health issues. Um, and uh, I'm kind of... We don't talk about it on the show, but we've been yeah. friends for 20 years. We talk about all the time. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, we're going, we're going to L.A. We're going to go uh, check out some doctors and stuff for her out there. Um, but uh, first of all, first of all, let me introduce our guest. Can I, Eric? Oh, go for it. Perfect. Okay. Today's guest, ladies and gentlemen, is Dr. Tommy O'Brien. Hello, Tommy. How's it going, Dr. Tommy? How are you tonight? Good, good. It's right uh, now, here in New York City, so. <laughs> not, oh, so you're in New York. That's correct, yes. We're neighbors. I'm in Jersey. You're at what part of Jersey? <laughs> yeah. I'm like 20 minutes away from Manhattan. I'm in Lodi. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not that far away. That's it. Uh, what do they say in Lodi? How many uh, per capita... Uh, for the uh, for the bars, I think it's one of the yeah. <laughs> really yeah, yeah. It's very dense <laughs> yeah. That's funny. That's funny. Okay, so now, so Doctor Tommy, I'm gonna call you. Is it okay? Call you Doctor Tommy? Yeah, yeah, it's wonderful. Yep. All right, perfect. So you uh, you you live in New York, and your office is in New York, correct? Yeah, so my office is on the Upper East Side of Manhattan. Okay, perfect. Now, um, obviously. Uh, you're a doctor. So talk to us about, let, let's get into, because I know this is like a really, really cool like subject and a topic. And it's, it's a really hot topic right now. Um, dealing with medical marijuana. That's correct. correct? Yes. Um, so if you can, in a nutshell, because I kind of want to get into this and ask you a couple of little things. And, um, but tell us a little bit about why, why, I don't know. Should we just jump into it? Why is medical marijuana such a hot button to topic right now? Yeah. Well, medical marijuana, it's, you have to define the difference between being recreational versus medical marijuana. It's, it's the perception. And that's where I, I come into play. Uh, and that's why I wrote that book, uh, the, you know, medical marijuana, real, real life 
through success stories, very important um, to break down the stigma that's attached. And I want my patients, my goal is to educate the patients, to teach them that this is not the same as recreational marijuana. Uh, and I didn't even call it marijuana in my practice. I say from this point on, we're going to say cannabis, natural medicine versus a natural supplement. I really want to lean to the supplement. Uh, well, I wrote in the book as well as in my office, I reference um, this is not about getting high. This, you're not going to be Spicoli at fast times you're in. And you know, hey man, where's my pizza? You know, I want to sleep. My goal here is to make you comfortable and functional. Uh, the patients who see me, they are very, very sick. They're not drug seekers. Um, they have serious medical conditions, and they're on hardcore narcotics. So my goal is, and the first thing they say is, I want to, I want to get off this crap. That's what they say. I don't want to be on this stuff anymore because we know that narcotics change your behavior. It changes the biochemistry in your brain, and we know this. And then you're, you're especially if you're married, you have a significant other, your partner, um, the relationship really starts to break down because. Uh, when you communicate, you're, you're in, misinterpreting what's being said. So uh, and then you start to have arguments and you have a lot of resistance and there's a rub there. So when I educate them, I sit down with partners and I explain how these narcotics really work in the brain and change the biochemistry. And then the light goes off and wow, that makes sense. I said, what I can do is let's wean you off the narcotic and then we'll start treating you with a natural medicine. Now to, to get back to what, what's, what's the, uh, I guess the, the issue is, it's recreational versus uh, medicinal. Um, you have uh, the advocates who are pushing for recreational, and then you have the advocates who are pushing for uh, medicinal, and then you have another uh, subset of advocates who are old time, old school, who do not agree at all because of either the way that they were brought off, or they just do not believe, and they would prefer to prescribe narcotics. Uh, again, I address all these issues in, in, the, in the book as well as in my practice when the patients, their first meeting with them, the consultation. Um, I really want to empower them with, with education. And when they leave the office, I give them a packet of information. They feel very confident. Um, they have a full understanding how it works in the body. And uh, we're going to have a much better outcome because they're going to be compliant. So this, that's, what, that's what my function and role is. Well, when you look through the history of marijuana in this country, um, we all know when you look into it, Philip Morris, the biggest cigarette person there was, started the fear campaign. Mm -hmm. And if you ever want to have a good laugh, find the movie Reefer Madness. Mm -hmm. Because till today, that's the perception people have of marijuana that you're going to smoke it, hallucinate and kill someone. Or there's that old urban legend about the hippie babysitter. Do you guys know this one? No. There's the hippie babysitter that comes to the parents' house. They <laughs> leave with the baby. The babysitter gets high and says, you know, the parents call and she tells them, hey, don't worry, I started cooking the turkey. But it was the baby in the <laughs> oven. So it's little things like that. No, stories like that get into people's minds. Right, right. And then... That's their perception of marijuana. Now, medical marijuana can help people. Um, Dr. Tommy, I'll send you this video, Vicedid, in Portland, Oregon, where it is legal. There's these kid, little baby kids that have cancer. 
and they were prescribed not, you know, smoking marijuana, but the pills and treats. And it's making these babies not scream in pain at night. Exactly. I will do anything to help a parent not have to hear their child screaming from pain like that. And it's kind of backward that we're not doing this because of those little nuggets of fear that were put into our minds. Right, right. I, I, I totally agree. Um, the fact that you brought that up, my youngest patient is two years old. And I, on my website, I have a testimony of a, of a a mother talking about her child who's uh, as as a medical condition as uh, leukemia and I'm treating the condition um, with uh, high CBD and then at nighttime the high THC so the patient gets a good night's sleep um, just just as, as a disclaimer I did mention that I do have permission to release the information so I'm not violating HIPAA regulations here so I, I, uh, I you know I can release that information she did a testimony um, now, the, the, the issue we had there was the child was receiving uh, chemo, started to develop the, uh, the, the neuropathic pain from the medication because it was very toxic. Uh, they also put the child on a, a steroid, and they started developing a roid rage from it. So when I started treating the child, um, the child started to calm down, um, wasn't as achy, wasn't as irritable. Uh, the appetite returned, uh, and he doesn't look sick. Uh, th now, the child has a medical, very serious medical condition, um, but the numbers are improving, um, but the patient doesn't look sick. And, and uh, within the testimonial, the mom says, you know, when, when, when other parents ask, what are you doing for your child? Your child doesn't look that sick. Say, no, my child has a serious condition, but we're treating the child with you know, medical marijuana under my care. So the, 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 the example you brought up, I am literally have a patient that you're describing. And I have a few other uh, children. Uh, like I said, that's my youngest. But I have others that are, that are uh, adolescents that are doing very well. They have other conditions. And my oldest, I have in the 90s. And I, I, this morning, I, yeah, yeah. Uh, this morning, I certified a patient um, about 88 years old. So I had the full spectrum. Now, now I'm going to ask the question that you asked. Um, uh, I am a family practitioner through training, and I'm an osteopathic family uh, practitioner. So my scope of practice is the broadest scope, and I can treat from womb to tomb. Uh, but then I also take a holistic approach, and, and I have a master's in clinical nutrition. So my approach is not pushing the pill right away. I try to treat naturally. And I have a colleague of mine who introduced me to uh, the concept of medical marijuana. He says, you know, Tommy he goes, this is going to be, this is it. You need to read up on this because this aligns with the way you practice. And I was like, well, because I, I, you know, I am lifetime drug free. I'm an athlete. I'm 50, I'm turning 55. I still train. Um, you know, I mean, my metabolism is getting slower because I'm getting older, but you know, I'm still in the gym working out. Uh, you know, I just never did. I'm not a drink. I'm Irish and Italian, right? You figure I'd be, you know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just never, I just never developed a taste for it. Never acquired a taste for it. I'm not saying I never had a drink, but it's just not my thing. I don't smoke cigarettes and so forth. So when I, when I, my perception is from the reefer madness type, you know, uh, um, uh, heavy metal and you know the movie heavy metal and stuff like that. You know, yeah. I mean, I graduated high school in '82, so you know we had a lot of fun, you know, and stuff. 
you know, watching the movies as they were coming out. And, and, and you guys will appreciate being, uh, you know, you know, you know, making movies and producing movies. Um, so my perception was something different. And when I did a lot of reading up on it, that's when I realized the benefits of medical cannabis. And I said, wow, I can make a difference. And this fits my style of practice. So I got certified. I'm one of the first in the state of New York. And then I am the first to open up my doors in Manhattan. And um, I certified over a thousand patients. And the patients are doing well. It's not perfect. You know, it's natural. Um, I do have a, a, a failure rate. It's very low. Um, I did surveys so I can um, uh, evaluate the success of the practice. Uh, you know, my patients are happy and they're not, they're narcotic free. And if they do use narcotics, it's only for breakthrough pain, which I can't treat. Um, sometimes the pain is so severe, even a high THC, low CBD uh, ratio just doesn't do the trick. So they might, for certain situations, go back to something stronger. But for the most part, uh, narcotic free. I, I I tell you, you know, we could. <laughs> this, I mean, really, this this could be a two parter easily because, you know, there's a, there's a lot of things that you mentioned. First and foremost, you your website, um, and all your links, your website, your descriptions, and you also have a nonprofit that I'd like to talk about. But um, it, it's the all the links are in the description. So as you guys are listening to this podcast, please go and 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 look through all of Dr. Tommy's stuff because it is worth mentioning. And and actually, I should say, being in Los Angeles, out in California, right, where everybody everybody's on, they've got a card. Everybody I've got a story about that. My right. last house I lived in in L.A. was yeah. next, right next door. And I don't mean when we say next door three blocks away. I mean, literally next door was a marijuana dispensary. Oh man. A medical one. And one day we see a SWAT team coming towards our house, you know, the stuff on guns pack. And I'm like, what did they find out that I did? <laughs> and they, they, my dad looks, he's scared. And the cop goes like that. And then they go and raid the medical marijuana wow. place. Wow. Wow. You know, and, and you know, that's one. <laughs> you got all kinds of stories, Eric, I tell you, man. But um, and I don't even smoke pot. I, I <laughs> like, you know, like Dr. Tommy was saying, I only drink if they're paying me to do it. <laughs> and I can vouch for that, too. Yeah. I got those texts. So I got that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, and so I just I wanted to mention that you have all this multimedia stuff going on. On and you have testimonials um, and you know I think just to make a, a, a statement I think people don't understand that there's different only people that understand different kinds of pain are the people that are in pain and 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 going through it mm -hmm. and I, I you know and I can attest to this um, and and I'll we can get into it is uh, Last summer, we had gone back to L.A. because my wife had a lot of colon issues. Mm -hmm. And so, um, uh, Are you before sure you want to talk about this, Larry? Uh, yeah, yeah. No, well, mm -hmm. see, here's, here's the funny. It's, it's not funny, but it's, it's good because um, uh, I have a friend. So, we're in Texas, and I have a friend that um, recommended the um, medical marijuana. 
right? But it wasn't the, the marijuana, it was a TH, uh, the CBD, right? And, and this is, uh, and automatically she took it and she, she got better. In, in a way where she wasn't in so much pain and, you know, and, um, that, and I don't know how to describe it other than, than she felt better and, and that made everything good. And so, um, there's different levels of pain and people do not understand that. And I'm glad that there's people like you that are, are there for the alternative. Although, you know, I don't know anything about, I don't, I don't do I don't do that. And, you know, I don't mind. I don't mind at all talking about it or people using it if they really have an issue. I know a lot of people take it, you know, if they have um, anxiety, mm-hmm. you know, and, and like you said, I think I, I read it in your bio where, you know, they're, they're now they're, they're putting more CBD as opposed to THC, which you just mentioned. So, and, and so if you could talk a little bit about the difference between that, where it's not everybody, it's like you said, not everybody's out there wanting to get high. They just, they just want to feel normal, exactly. not be in pain. Right, right, right. Oof, we had a lot to cover there. And yeah. A really, really quick and a good, a good uh, summation there. Uh, well, first, let's just address the two. Um, well, let's, let's talk about cannabis, the plant itself. Uh, we, we, have two, we have over 400 chemicals in the plant. What we do is we extract out 70 that have the medicinal properties. The two main components, the two main chemicals that we use is THE, tetrahydrate, cannabinol, THC, and that has CB1 receptors, and those receptors are found in the central nervous system, primarily in the central nervous system. Uh, Then the second molecule, the second that we use, uh, is cannabidiol, CBD. That has CB2 receptors, cannabidiol 2 receptors. They are not found in the central nervous system. Now, pay attention to this because it's going to make sense and regarding the results for your wife. CB2 receptors, CBD receptors, are found in the GI tract. They're found in the smooth muscle, they're found in the adipose cells, fat cells, and they're found in the immune system. So how would they help a GI issue? Well, we have inflammation in the gut, okay? I'm going to use just layman terms. So you got the inflammatory property, uh, and then you have, um, or, or, or inflammatory reaction, I should say, and then we have the muscle that's in the colon that the responsibility is for peristalsis to push the food bolus, which is now fecal matter as it gets digested, put, to push it down, uh, you know, and then we finally uh, purge. So if you're having a spastic colon or inflammation in the colon, uh, if you're having uh, Crohn's disease, ulcerative colitis, uh, which is IBD, and then you have IBS, which is a lot of the same symptoms, but they haven't diagnosed it, they haven't taken biopsy and looked at the, the colon itself. But CBD does extremely well by reducing the spasm in the colon because that's very painful. Uh, and then it reduces the inflammation. Um, I have several patients, and in my book, I have a patient that, I'll give you a quick example. The patient 
has uh, irritable bowel disease, Crohn's disease. Uh, the patient did not have a social life, was afraid to go out because when the patient, especially go out on a date, when the patient was nervous, uh, the patient would get the sensation of purge. So the social life was, you know, would work, come home, and, uh, and, and, and deal with the situation. Went through the traditional GI, uh, gastroenterologist, the GI doctor, traditional medications, and said, you know what, I want to try something different. Came to me, alternative care. And after a couple months, um, the patient was feeling much better. Uh, the stools were, much, were better formed. The, the patient is under my care now four years. The patient got engaged and just got married. Wow. Oh, wow. Yes. Wow. yes. wow. So, examples in my book. Wow. I, I, go ahead, Eric. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I think the main reason, like, alternative medicines, like with medical marijuana, are always villicide, or made to look like villains, I think is the better word, is drug companies. <laughs> if they find, they will do anything to crush something like this. And again, the smear campaigns, but... Keep in mind, my dad did pass away from cancer a few years ago, and I have this weird conspiracy belief that there's a cure for every disease. It's just the medical companies won't let it out because there's more money in treating problems than curing problems. Yeah, and yeah. from what I'm hearing with your testimonies, this doesn't cure, but it comes pretty damn close to curing, you know, things that can be cured almost. Right, right. Well, uh, let me let me just uh, clarify that. That's the first thing we're taught in, in medicine, that there are no cures, only treatments. Um, and I know everyone wants to hear cure, but cure means it will never, ever come back. Yeah. So we, we, we treat um, like an upper respiratory tract infection, a sinus infection, a urinary tract. Um, we treat it, it can always come back. But the thing is, is we're treating and we're not truly treating. And, and that's what you're really describing there. Uh, I'm seeing like the results and my patients are extremely happy. Uh, they're getting treated and we have a, a change in lifestyle where they feel they have control again. Um, they're not taking their narcotic free. Not all of them are, are narcotics because it depends on what their condition was. Uh, but, and I'm sorry to hear about your, your dad because I, I have a lot of um, patients that were coming to me. Sloan, you know, this is the, the number one uh, cancer hospital in the country is literally right down the block from me. You would think that my office would be full. Uh, hey everybody, Eric Kasloff here with his good buddy Larry Sands, and we're here today to tell you about our sponsors, Anchor.fm. Larry, tell the good people more about Anchor. Well, Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. They give you everything you need all in one place for free. How much? That's free. Are you serious? Yeah, it's free, and you can use it right from your phone or your computer. They give you the creation tools. They allow you to record and edit your podcast. So it sounds great. And we're talking Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Stitcher, even freaking Spotify, man. You could be listening to Abbey Road and then wonder, hey, I wonder who Eric and Larry talked to this week. Then, bam, we're busting in your ears just like the Fab Four. The best part about all this, you can 
easily make money from your podcast. Hold on, hold on. So you're telling me that these fine folks at Anchor are going to give you the tools you need to make your podcast and then help you get paid for it? Absolutely. All you have to do is download the Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. Uh, so, so Tommy, you um, you were talking about um, uh, cancer patients yes. and how this is beneficial. Yeah, absolutely. Like I was saying, that we have a major hospital ranked number one in the country, literally right down the block from my office. Uh, but the, the physicians, they're not referring to me. You know, you think that um, my office would be full. I'm right down the block. Uh, I do have a, a nurses uh, that do refer to me uh, behind closed doors as the patients leave. Say, listen, here's, here's Dr. Bryan's. You know, they're having side effects, nausea, vomiting, um, irritation, neuropathic pain, and they they, they slide on my card. Um, part of the issue, and this is going to answer a question that you asked me earlier, was that uh, a hospital is federally regulated. Um, so doctors in a hospital, they will not touch um, because this is not federally approved. It's state by state. So a hospital is not going to take the risk of losing their federally qualified health center uh, qualification because they get a special uh, rate for charging insurance companies, so they're not going to jeopardize that. But so let me handle it and take care of the patients. Uh, I'm a little guy. You're, you know, they're a billion, multi-billion dollar industry, and I'm little Tommy. And you think yeah. I'm going to take money away from you? No. Um, what you'd want to do what's best for your patients, um, you know, the patients that I do see, unfortunately, uh, a large percentage uh, come to me in their stage four. I'm like, oh, why didn't you wait? You know, I, I'm playing catch up and I'm, I'm pushing as hard as I can. I, you know, and I say, as soon as you're diagnosed, you have to start CBD. Um, uh, you know, I know Rick Simpson and, and Tel Aviv, the doctors there, you know, they believe in pushing high THC. I'm I'm a proponent of um, high CBD. I love CBD because of the side effect profile, which is extremely low. I know in all the in all the like high times and and uh, leaf times and stuff like that, they will say that there's no side effects in medicine. We don't say no side effects. We we say there are minimal side effects, and the side effects that my patients have experienced um, were um, a lowered blood pressure and 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 like dry mouth, like cotton mouth, and that's not a bad thing. You know, a low blood pressure, that's not bad. Little dry mouth, that's not bad. Either. Just drink a little bit more water, and uh, a lot of those symptoms will resolve. And unfortunately, a majority of the population doesn't drink enough water to begin with. Um, you know, uh, women are supposed to drink 10 cups of water a day and men 15 cups a day. And when I start educating patients on it, like, well, how many cups? Well, I don't really drink water. I drink coffee. And I said, no, no, how many cups of water? And they're like, well, maybe one to three. So, uh, you know, so that, that becomes uh, an issue part of the educating and, um, you know, that's, the side effects is very low. So that's why I, I'm a big proponent for CBD because of the very, the very low, low risk, uh, the side effect profile is, you know, almost zero. And I, I love it. Uh, but uh, like I said, not enough uh, uh, patients are being offered the opportunity, um, the the alternative to the uh, toxic um, protocols that we have today. When was medical marijuana legalized in New York? It, I feel it was just recently, right? 
That's correct. Uh, well, they voted on it in July 2014. It was implemented in January 2015. That's when I opened my doors. So as soon as the law went into effect, my wow. door was open. Uh, and, um, you know, like I said, I certified over a thousand patients. I thought I would have hit that my first year. You know, in New York City, we can have anywhere between eight to 13 million people in the city, depending on who's counting. Um, but uh, you, it's just my my sense is that we have uh, the old school and then you have the new school new gen and you have the activists and then you had the medical societies uh, who passed the law saying how we're going to appease uh, uh, both sides of the fence okay we'll pass the law but we're not going to market it so we're going to keep a low profile to, make, to keep the old timers happy and then at the same time pass the law and to make the activists the new generation happy um, and it's it's like they're kind of like uh, you know walking the fence there which makes it more difficult for someone like myself I don't have the budget to market um, you know to get the message out there and and, and no one does I mean you, you're talking a few hundred thousand dollar mark you know a budget where is that um, you know so you don't see New York City marketing and then um, the major media they'll just touch it with a quick little article uh, this is new and they leave it alone so um, this is this is you know my my uh, you know well, my goal is I give as many presentations as possible um, to try to educate the community on, on what's being offered now. A lot of a lot of uh, the population doesn't know, especially in New York, they don't know that it's legal. But I'm four and a half years. It will be four and a half years next month. You know, talk talk a little bit. Um, I'm I'm looking at your website, and you have. Um, all your, all your, uh, I don't want to say accomplishments, but I mean, you're, you're highly regarded in, as a doctor and, and the things that you do. Uh, one of the things that, that struck me, um, was about nine 11 is a world track, uh, world, I'm sorry, world trade center attack, the triage center that you provide medical care, not only for that, but, um, for the police and for the wounded warriors talk a little bit because I think one of the things is, um, that that's out there. Oh no. If he's a doctor, is he, does he do this? Is he, is he a real doctor? Is he, and you are, and you know, I think the main thing is, is take away the stigma yes. of, you know, all the, it's, it's, it's extremely hard to trust doctors when you've been to more than your share of doctors yeah my hands up there too with you yeah. Larry yeah and <laughs> I've it, got it, neurofibromatosis so I've seen too many doctors that count yeah yeah and and it's it's once you get into it and you're like oh, I gotta go to another doctor and then you try to do research um talk to us a little bit about your your life before um, uh, treating patients with uh, the cannabis. Sure, sure, sure. Well, uh, like I said uh, earlier, that I, I'm a family practitioner uh, by training, um, and and I was trained to take a holistic approach uh, to look at the patient whole, not to look at the patient as a disease or or uh, at the cellular level. So um, I, I also more of like a life coach um i'm like an older brother sometimes or you know or, or even a father figure um because i do have adolescence and then i'll speak to them 
and I'll talk to them and say, listen, what do you want to be in life? And they look at me, well, I don't know. I said, well, God's given all of us a gift. And they look at me like, what do you mean? I said, well, um, you know, I, I'm an, I was an athlete. I was just short of my 5'5", five five, um, so I'm not going to be a pro. And I said, science came easy to me, so I went into science. I said, what comes easy to you? And so we had this dialogue going back and forth. I said, no, God's giving you a gift. Let's pull it out. And then they said, well, I, I said, what do you do naturally that comes easy? And they, they give me examples. I said, there you go. I'm going to give you five examples how, how you can make a career of that. So taking this holistic approach, and then I, and then I just get global, you know, where, where I expand into, into the community. Um, one of my, one of my commanders reached out to me and I'll go into uh, the military and talking about 9-11. Um, he was trying to recruit me to be a part of the police surgeons program and then also to, you know, get, get into uh, the New York Guard, which is the military for New York, you know, New York State. Um, and then uh, we had 9-11 and uh, I, I got the phone call and says, Tom, we need someone to run Stuyvesant High School Triage Center. I said, I'm there. I'm there. So I went down and then uh, we opened up. Um, I was under, um, we had a, a police surgeon who ran the program, but they took off. So basically I was uh, the senior most physician. I had PAs there. There were uh, residents there. We had, we had a nurse from, um, from Jersey City. They brought their um, ambulances, and we used their uh, their. I guess you know, we need to really thank them because they brought their equipment that we can use and set wow. the triage center. We, um, uh, so you have an understanding. Stuyvesant High School. It's only 50 yards from the World Trade Center, so we were right there. Um, I worked the. Um, I was there for 12 hours. I got there and I was on my feet. I think I sat down for five five minutes. Uh, by the time I got home, my legs were swollen. They were achy. Uh, you know, and, and it's just what I love to do. That's my passion, giving back to the community. God bless you for helping those people when they needed it the most, Dr. Tommy. Well, this is something, thank you, you know, but it's, this is who we are as a people. And I, th I think that people need to understand um, we're all Americans, you know, it's the United States. We, under certain, certain circumstances, we come together as a unit. And being New Yorkers, you know how New York, New Jersey, how we are. We have it. this attitude, yeah. That's, that's right. <laughs> so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to explain this. So the building hit. Okay, they both hit, the planes hit. Now you have a million people running all over the place in a panic. They didn't know what was going on. So then it's, you know, you know, you have all the first responders and all the firemen. Uh, everyone's involved, police officers and so forth. You know, the Port Authority, every, everyone was involved. Um, now after 3 p.m., now you have pissed off New Yorkers running down to the site angry angry what can we do we need we we've got to do something and um just however and helping out then you have all the the construction sites they shut down and they sent their heavy equipment so you haven't come down on the fdr on the uh, west side highway you have big big machines you know uh, equipment coming down to help out they've just shut everything down and set them down we, we have to fix this now and that's what that's the we're fixing this right now and that that's the attitude we took um so so you know uh, i mean that that brought us together and, and said we, we can we, we can handle this we'll handle anything my um, dad said no other city in the world could have recovered as fast as new york did Right, right. Well, that's because everyone got together. And, yeah. And 
been, you know, as a, as a unit working as a team, and, and I would love to see that more often. Unfortunately, it takes something that severe to bring us together. And that's, that's a shame. And, and it's, yeah. uh, you know, there's a lot going on uh, behind the scenes that, that's keeping us apart without getting political. Uh, but there's a lot there. And, and, and I wish, you know, you know, that we wouldn't have that. We would work together as a, as a, as a team and as a family, as a global family, you know, in, in our country. Cause when we work together as a family, there's no stopping us. Nothing could stop That's us. That's right. Yeah. And and just just as as a note to to maybe put uh, my little statement. You're absolutely right. I wish we could all, regardless of where we stand and who we are, I, I wish we could all just listen to each other again and and get along and you know. But I I I I, I do have to say, Tommy, listening to you talk. Um, about how passionate you are um, about uh, 9-11 and what that did to you and, and how that passion drives you. I can, I can hear that same passion mm-hmm. when you talk about your patience. And, yes. and, yeah. and it, is, it is something to be said that it's, it's always a tragedy that will bring people together. Mm-hmm. And, and and whether it's a giant tragedy like we had on 9-11 or it's still a tragedy in a way which is sickness and our health. Um, and I, I think and, and I think you see the best and the worst of it. Um, and I can't, I can't imagine um, doing what you do. Um, and seeing the, the people that are in pain and they have nowhere else to go and how hard that is. But I can, I can just, I know, I know because I'm one of those people that, wow. Wow. You want a minute, Larry? <laughs> yeah, man. Take a minute. Take a minute. But, I'll just let no, it no, this is. No, this, but see, that's what, that's what it is. Right, right. It, it's deep. And, you know, the passion is on both sides. Um, you know, you, you, one, you have to really enjoy what you do. Um, I'm, I'm practicing, you're talking, I started medical school like 30 years ago. Uh, you know, I, I enjoy it. It, it. It's something, you know, I, I always say I was lucky. Um, yes, you can have the grades. You can have the letters. You can, you know, all the recommendations and so forth and your MCAT scores. You still might not get in because it's a closed enrollment. Um, so I say I was very, very lucky. Um, my particular year when I applied, because I had a master's degree, and it turns out that uh, 25% of my class had a master's degree, and that became what they were looking for. If I would apply it a year earlier, a year later, the results might may be different. Um, so I would say that I was blessed, and this is something, and I made an announcement when I graduated. I said, I promise to give back to the community if I make it through school and I make it through all my training that I will give back and I've been giving back and, and I believe in paying it forward. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not religious, but I'm, I'm, I'm spiritual. My parents are both spiritual and religious. You know, I was brought up and raised Catholic, um, you know, so, so an Irish Italian kid born who was Catholic. What are the odds on that? <laughs> there you go. So, you know, so, so I'm more spiritual. Uh, and I, I, I believe in, in, you know, paying it forward and, uh, you know, helping and, and believe me, every time I've done something, I don't do it for this, but every time I've done something, the door opens. 
And it's, it's just the way things are. And it gives me another opportunity to reach and help and educate. Because I love educating. My parents were educators. I'm the first to be a physician. Oh. So, you know, mom and dad were, were, were uh, now they're retired, but they were uh, college professors. Um, so that's where I get this, you know, this, this teaching. I, I love to teach. Uh, and uh, so it just gave me another opportunity to expand and grow and, and teach and do something different and give back. And, and that's where my non-for-profit, uh, you know, because you mentioned my non-for-profit, it, it afforded me another uh, avenue to reach the community. Uh, but um, unfortunately, medicine's changed that the doctors are losing the passion. And I was, to be honest with you, I was losing the passion as well. Um, but then when I was introduced to the, the, you know, the medical marijuana, I said, when I realized what I can do, and once I started treating patients after, Two weeks of opening up my doors, the patients were coming back to me, thanking me, and I, my batteries were regenerated. Said, "I'm in full time. This is it. I'm, I'm doing this full time." And here I am, four and a half years later. So, you know, I, w- I was going to ask you what what made you get into um, doing the the medical marijuana. And see, I hate even saying medical marijuana because everybody, I feel like everybody goes, "Oh," and they just roll their eyes. But mm-hmm. but you know, the medical CBD. THC, right? Because I don't want to give it that connotation because you are not, I swear to, I swear to God, Tommy, Dr. Tommy, you are a godsend and, and I get it. I get it. And you're a blessed, but I, I want to, um, man, I forgot what I was going to say. No, no, I didn't. Okay. So, <laughs> right. But, but see, I think that's where, when you start losing your passion as a doctor, yeah. right? That's when you start See, that's when you can't be your doc, be a doctor. Actually, that's like that with any profession, I think. Yeah. Once you get so not beat down, but just you get worn down by rules and regulations and this and that. And as you know. someone who just had surgery, I don't want a surgeon that's not passionate about right. surgery. Right. I don't want them giving up, like have an existential crisis. You know, they right. cut me open. I don't see the point in this than walking away. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I've had several attendings that taught me who basically walked away. I mean, they had a really, really, really nice career. It wasn't, you know, uh, but I also had uh, um, my colleagues that maybe graduated a year or two before me or a year or two after me, who after five years just gave up and said, this is not for me. This is not what I went into medicine for. I cannot care for patients. It's all about numbers. It's volume. We're pushing them through. Um, I want to be able to care for patients. Um, You know, what, what I'll go over it. There's, there's two points that you made there. Um, The difference is, is um, when you're talking recreational versus cannabis, um, we, we are very, very regulated for the percentage of THC, and CBD that we're allowed to prescribe. And here's, here's an example, and it's going to blow your mind now. So the um, medical cannabis, the percentage of, of THC is about the same level what Woodstock was in the late 60s, the percent of THC that they were using in Woodstock, which is probably about 20%, 20, 25%. Um, recreational, I've seen cartridges that are 80 to 91% THC, 91%, what are you doing? 91%. So what medical cannabis is going to make you comfortable and functional, you know, now when you start to get into 91% THC, you're not comfortable. You're now, you're, you're, 
in a, you're in another realm. You you have a head high, or you're sleeping. You're out. Um, wow. so, so that's so you understand the difference there, and that's why I like to say medical cannabis to get away from the recreational. Right. Um, right. But uh, to, to like, uh, well, why did I get into this? Um, uh, what I, as, as I stated earlier, my, a colleague of mine introduced me to this and says, listen, I, I think this aligns with the way you practice. Um, I take a holistic approach. Um, I treat my patients as natural as possible, try to do it as drug-free as possible with nutrition. Being an osteopath, I do manipulate. Chiropractors came from us, so I manipulate. Um, you know, so patients who, who suffer from pain, oh, I need a muscle relax, I need a pain pill. Not I'll get on my magic table and then I stretch them out and I and I we, we say manipulate a chiropractor will say adjust so I manipulate and I go well, I feel great I said great well do I need any medicine I'm like no I said well when do I come back I said I don't know and I'm like really I said let your body tell you when you need to come back and, and I really go yeah and typically like uh, five to six weeks later I come in for a tune-up and I work on them and uh, so having that natural approach this fit perfect in the way I practice because it's a holistic natural approach the other thing is when you're taking controlled substances you have to take it every four six you know hours depending on the medication well you know sometimes it's every 12 you know hours um with this it's as needed prn so if you're not in pain you don't have to take it with the other medicines you have a tendency to take it because there's an addiction and you start craving it whether in your pain or not so what i do is i give the necessary tools to my patients so they can manage their care they know their pain better than anyone else and now they're in control and they feel a lot better themselves because um if i'm in control then i direct things and that's not how the patient feels or will react by giving the control to them then they're the master of their universe and they control it and much better outcome wow you are are you really no joke you're on the cusp of all the all the things that are happening now it's the medical uh the cannabis and then um the opioid addiction that's the big one that's going on right now you know um and and to hear you i mean just try to steer people away from that i mean not only are you like trying you're you're not only trying but you're succeeding Mm -hmm. in helping people manage their pain absolutely um and uh i just i don't know man i'm i'm kind of blown away by you before we know we get too close to the end we can talk about the book now (laughs) <laughs> oh my god that's right that you know <laughs> um when did you write it and <laughs> tell us exactly what goes into it yeah sure sure well i, I had this idea of uh probably a year, after about a year and a half um I, i've always wanted to write a book you know i had my own, my own tv show i'm on the radio and i said well how can i further reach the community and be able to empower them with with education and um but you know there's a finance you know a a price tag that's attached to it (laughs) so basically i had to save money to be able to uh write a book um and then what i did was i I had a concept and that concept was uh uh, 
writing a textbook without it being a textbook. So it's like medical marijuana. Um, I was going to go with cannabis, but I, uh, after I, I, I did a survey, a lot of the people responded back saying, well, medical cannabis, we know it is medical marijuana. So I went with the medical marijuana, even though I like the lean on uh, yeah. cannabis there. So anyway, I, um, so, so the concept was just to, to introduce medical marijuana to the community. And then what I did was, is I gave case presentations. So within that book that you're going to, uh, the reader will find someone that's like them in that book or a loved one or someone they knows that are suffering like someone in that book. And they actually do a walkthrough and I, I bring them in the office and, and there's a lot of emotions behind it. And you can feel, actually feel what the patient's going through and how they respond. And then I wrap the book up with a nice summation of what's, what you should look in a relationship when you're uh, developing a relationship with a physician, what you should be looking for, what's important. Um, you know, so it's a nice little package. You know? I, I mean, I was, I was blessed. Uh, I, you know, it's, it, it's, when my patients see it, they go, that's you, that's you, you know, Dr. Tommy. I, exactly. This is exactly what we went through. I said, exactly. I wrote it so other people can experience what you, you experienced. You know, uh, so like now we're starting to get into the creative side. You know, we, we covered your professional life. Now it's your creative life, writing the book and putting all your, your stories and everybody's stories and, and your practical work, right? and putting it out there to the masses and it's just like a song right or just like a movie well really like more like a song because you hear a sad song and you go oh that's me how did they know that about me or they like you hear this party song and you're like i i am that guy right so every everything that's out there you know people take it personally and they take it in and um i know everybody in this world knows people that are in pain their family member, their friend, their aunt, their uncle, whatever. And so they're going to look at this book and be like, oh, my God. First of all, I got to get to New York. First of all, I got to get to New York and I got to go see Dr. Tommy. Um, second of all, they're well, going to be Well, that is a question. If someone here who's like, I'm not who's in Philly or Connecticut and they want to come or in Texas or New Mexico or Texas, New Mexico, and they want to come to you to try to get medical marijuana. Are they allowed to cross state lines? Would it? Right. Right. Uh, That's a good question. Uh, Unfortunately, um, this is a state by state and each state is very, very regulated. Um, they pretty much follow the same rules and regulations. Um, you must be a resident of New York state. I have okay. they want to come across. There are a few exceptions. If you're uh, in a hospital, like if you were hospitalized, I do have patients that, that were in a hospital. Larry here with the something, something podcast. Today's podcast is brought to you by audible. You can get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash something something. That's right. They've got so many books, you can't even shake your stick at them. By the way, you can get them for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Get it now. Audibletrial.com slash something something or click the link in the description. People out of, out of state want to come and, and see you. Right. Um, New York State and all the states are very uh, regulated. They pretty much follow the same rules and regulations. Um, what that means is that you must be a state resident in order to be certified. 
uh, in, in, in that particular state. I know New York has uh, like one or two exceptions, and one example would be is if you were um, living in a hospital because you had a long stay because you were under treatment for a couple months, and then we can use the hospital's address to get uh, uh, the patient certified. I had several patients that were under, uh, under the care of an oncologist, and they had to remain in an isolated room for several months. Um, so I was able to, to certify them, and then they, they had a caretaker be able to go out and pick up the medicine for them, and the physicians would allow the, 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 the caretaker, which was the parent, uh, you know, to, to treat or the significant other, their, their, their uh, um, uh, partner, uh, be able to, to treat them while they're under the care. Uh, but for someone who's out of state, um, unfortunately, the way the rules, you know, regulations are not able to do that, uh, and that's where I was able to uh, write this book. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so so it gives you a, a guidance of what you should look for um, uh, to when you're seeking help from a physician that's certified to prescribe medical marijuana. It's a really really good guide, and it gives you. It's like I said, a textbook, medical marijuana 101. It teaches you the basics, um, you know. But unfortunately, uh, it, it, I'm, I'm limited to what I can do if you're out of state. Yeah. I, and I, I can almost imagine the people that, that will pick up this book and read this book and really read it right. um, and pay attention to it. Um, I, I would hope, I would hope that they would, <laughs> I can almost imagine they go, hi, I'm here to, to talk about this, the medical uh, cannabis. And they're like, you mean medical? No, medical cannabis, the CBD. Okay, I don't need THC. I want the CBD. Wait, how, how did you know that? Don't ask me how I know, okay? I know a doctor. His name is Dr. Tommy. Okay, sorry. I, yeah, but I can just imagine how, how, how informed people are going to be um, about, yes, medical marijuana. And it is funny because, see, when, you, when you're in a, a practical setting, you know, everybody, and I kind of want to lead towards, you know, the, the medical cannabis, the CBD and all that. But then when you're talking to everybody else and getting it all hyped up, it's like, oh, yeah, man, medical marijuana, and it's all this and that. So it's funny the way that, that the segmented population sees things, you know? So, and I, I don't know, it's neither here nor there, but how long did it take you to write your book? Uh, well, actually, because of, uh, you know, I, I'm living it, it, it took about a uh, hundred, a uh, hundred hours to write the book. Um, wow. It really didn't take long because I'm used to writing case presentations. Okay. Uh, yeah, because I give presentations all the time. So writing a case presentation, probably the biggest thing was uh, 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 writing the introduction uh, and then getting the permission from the patients because I have written permission for every chapter. So, you know, recruiting the right patients and then uh, who are willing to uh, discuss their issues. Like I said, I have a video testimonials on my website and I have another one that's going to be uploaded very soon. Uh, Again, links in the description for your website and all that good stuff. Yeah, so, so thank you. <laughs> uh, um, so, so choosing the right individuals that... Uh, um, have um, that uh, best reflect the majority of the community. And like I said, there's going to be someone there that, that either represents the reader or someone they, they love or a friend. And they say, oh, 
I know this. I've seen this before. Um, but yeah, about a hundred hours, and it really, I mean, it really went quick. In a hundred hours, I had to, um, you know, I had a lot of uh, legal representation because we had to rewrite it a couple of times. So it was really less than that. The editing and going through, but I had to make sure it was worded a specific way so you weren't violating HIPAA regulations. I had to protect my patients, protect their rights, um, but also. Um, get the point across, be clear, concise, and also keep that emotional component um, because that, that really ties it in so you can really understand what these patients are experiencing. If you just write it so it's very uh, plain, vanilla, uh, ah, yeah, okay. Uh, I want the reader to really understand the suffering of what these, you know, what my patients are experiencing. And then after and the excitement and how their lives are being changed or was changed and still is changed because it's still under my care. Um, I have patients that are from the very beginning. They were some of the very first patients that are still with me today and it's four and a half years later. Wow. 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 Um, uh, what was, uh, so did you, are you with a publisher or did you self publish? Uh, well, I used the publisher to help me, but it, it, it's really self-publishing. That's how it's, uh, uh, I mean, I have the rights to everything, uh, but uh, it's, I, I used them to, to help guide me. And then uh, my wife and I really went over, I have to thank my wife, you know, she's really, uh, uh, she's my rock. She really, uh, really helped me through this, um, you know, writing skills, you know, I'm okay. You know, I'm the personality. She's the, I'm the talent. She's the manager. And yeah. she runs the show. Uh, yeah. Believe me, she runs the show. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and she really, really helped me. And, and if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't have that book because there were some days where I was pulling out what little hair I have left. Uh, you know. <laughs> hey, I'm there with you, brother. I'm right there with you. <laughs> you know, trying trying to make this happen. But makes sense. And um, it so it becomes an easy read. Uh, I mean, it's it's a really easy read. And I wanted to make, you know, I kept it down so use layman's terms. Uh, and then the analogies, uh, the analogy that I used throughout the book that you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna chuckle, you're gonna laugh and go, oh, I know exactly what he's talking about. Um, I don't really like to use Latin-based terms because then it just blows people away, it turns people off. So if I can break it down, and that's one thing being being silly as an athlete, I was silly to begin with. That one of one of one of one of the gifts that I was given, and I I, I believe in gifts, um, that uh, taking a very complex topic and, and and breaking down and making it in simple terms so that the average person can understand it. Now I have the ability to do that. I'm not saying I'm the smartest guy in the world. That's that's not not the case. Uh, I work hard, but be able to uh, make it so it's as simple as possible. Keep things simple and take complex things and make them simple. And that's what I'm all about. That's awesome. And and as we as we wrap up, I I have to say. Um, you are very passionate and I can feel that passion and I can hear it. Um, and I just, I just want to say thank you. Um, first of all, um, what are, uh, so as you're starting your, your PR tour, have you, have you been able to talk to anybody that, Oh wait, before I do, um, ah, no, let me finish. Because I was going to ask you where you can get your book, but this will kind of go in. But as you as you as you start your PR uh, tour, um, have you been able to talk to to people that that have have read your book? Um, I because I'm at the very beginning, and I sent my book out 
you know, like I, I can send mm-hmm. you guys copies if you like copy. I just let me have your address. Yeah. Now. Yes. You know, uh, probably Thursday because I'm off Thursday, so I'll get it in the mail for you. Um, I've had uh, they, you know, just bits and pieces and not really read completely because this is just new as I'm getting it out. Um, but no, I haven't had someone who read the entire book. They just, uh, you know, of what they've read, uh, like a summation. Uh, but uh, yeah, no. It's well, yeah. well, since it's an easy read and since it's in my terms, I would love to be able to 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 do uh, a podcast about uh, the book and, and what it's like mm-hmm. um, uh, from my point of view, um, because I, you know, obviously I, I, I feel really strongly about about this because I've seen it work. Right. The uh, the uh, not not the THC, but. <laughs> right <laughs> the side um and um i just want to say again and i know i don't want to you're just a passionate passionate and a compassionate human being and i i appreciate that because you know like you said a lot of doctors are losing their compassion because they're not being able to be a doctor, mm-hmm. whether that's, whether that's uh, homeopathic or a regular doctor. Right. Once it starts to get like that, then I think we're all kind of in a pickle because we depend on, on you guys to tell us what's wrong and to help us get better. Well, yeah, well who's driving the industry? Right. That's... Yeah. You know, that, that, you know I, I've been in this a long time. I saw the changes, you know, I started in 90 and I saw the changes in the early 90s, the late 90s, and I kept coming up with new terms. Well, we're going to call you a PCP. We're going to call you a gatekeeper. And they kept changing terminology. I said, listen, we're physicians. And so basically what they did was is they redirected the funds and the funds went from the physicians and the hospitals uh, and they started cutting back on coverages. They started denials, started going up and you know where the funds went the ceos yeah so you went from ceos that were making only maybe a million maybe two million a year and now they're making 30 40 million a year they go what's changed well what they did was is they redirected the funds in a different direction they took it away from those who were actually working and making a difference and uh, denying care and medications and surgical procedures uh, you know the patients so they're not getting the proper care. Um, and if we continue down this path, uh, it's, it's, we're going backwards. Um, it's not we, good. Yeah, it's not good. I'll give you an example here. Um, uh, when we were treating gastritis, okay, that's an irritation in the stomach lining. Um, we used to use caraphate, and then um, which which is a it's it's a buffer. It goes in and it forms a buffer. Uh, and then we thought we use Tums calcium because it changes the pH so it doesn't burn as much. And then in the early ni- um, early 80s, they came out with a proton pump inhibitor, and they studied it for 20 years, and that was Prilosec. And then they realized how well it did, and then that became the gold standard. And eventually when we lost the patent, um, it became Nexium. They reformulated and called it Nexium and there's other uh, uh, proton pump inhibitors. Well, because they're expensive, the insurance companies are driving us back into a Zantac tagment and I'm seeing patients starting to be prescribed the caraphate and they're getting away from the gold standard proton pump inhibitor because it's more expensive versus least expensive. So expense is paying a factor versus gold standard or 
uh, the the yeah the gold standard care, which would have been a proton pump inhibitor. So we're seeing that in all areas of medicine, even in hypertension, they're pushing uh, water pills, uh, where uh, that would be an adjunctive therapy instead of using an ACE inhibitor, a beta blocker, a calcium channel blocker. And we were taught that with the Framingham and Heart study. And because they're more expensive, they're starting with water pills again. They go, well, we want to prevent end organ damage. You know, just just getting the water off is not protecting the heart or the kidneys. So uh, finances really saving money and putting money into someone else's pocket is really driving the industry. And that's not a healthy place to be in. You know that uh, we could just go on and on and on. It's just it's when you're when you're on the front line, and I know, um, you know, it's just it's I can hear how frustrating it is, and and it's got to be if it's frustrating for the patient. I think if you're yeah. any kind of good doctor, and I feel really yeah. passionate about this, if you're any kind of good, compassionate doctor, then you're going to be even more frustrated than your patients because you've seen it and they come back time and time again. And, and, and doctors, you guys get the brunt of it. Right. Well, you're not helping me. You're not helping me yeah. do this. And you're not. And then all of it. And then you say, well, but I, I can't really, you know, and you're trying to structure in a way where you're not going to try to blame, you know, on the insurance and, but this is what you want. And this is, this is what everybody wants. Look, this is not a road we should go down right now because this is about your book, but it all ties in to the homeopathic and the need to do, you know, there is alternative things for pain, especially. And I am so glad that we had you on. And I, I tell you, it, when I get that book, I will read it in my little layman term part. I will read it and I will, I'm going to have you, I want to have you back on. And maybe we can have maybe like a patient or a testimony to come on as well. Because I think, I think this deserves more time than what we've what we've got here right I, I think you know so um, maybe if, if we can set that up uh, I would love to uh, uh, read your book and then have some testimonies come on and and we can just talk and have like a round microphone table type thing so but I just I, I just want to say thank you Tommy for being number one being a compassionate person and an understanding person and just a great all-around doctor. Thank you. God bless you. Well, thank you. Very much. Thank you. Appreciate Dr. Tommy, before we sign off, I always have this segment. Okay. When it's ever, whenever it's someone from New York, Jersey, or maybe Philly, I have these set of questions. Okay. Best pizza in the city? For me, uh, I like Patsy's. I like the thin, thin crust. Uh, okay. Pizza. Fresh mozzarella. That's a good one. I like um, Joe's a lot. Mm -hmm. It is more of a tourist place now, but it's still so good. Right, right. Favorite thing to order at Caps? I, I, oh, the deli. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, uh, you're going to get your pastrami sandwich, you know, and you got to get the yeah. classic. And it's pretty yeah. thick. It's like uh, uh, probably about four inches uh, <laughs> Just well, you know about the handshake, right? <laughs> there you go. You okay. <laughs> All right, and last one. Favorite flavor of egg cream? Egg cream. Uh, that me. I don't eat the egg cream, so. 
Really? You don't drink egg creams? Oh, man. Well, okay. Unless it's, it's going to be like a Shake Shack. Because that's oh, an egg okay, cream, okay. Right? So that's the only one. Because, I, you know, I'm not really that much into a thick, but uh, that, I, I like vanilla, you know. So we'll okay, go same with me. Yeah. All right. Well, Dr. Tommy, it was an absolute blast having you on. No one knows this, but it is 10 o'clock for me and you right now, 9 o'clock for Larry. Yep. He's got the night ahead of him. Me <laughs> and you are fighting not to fall asleep right now. <laughs> but thank you so much for being on. We are recording this on May 7th. It'll hopefully be up next week. Again, on all those awesome podcast hosting sites, and on YouTube. Everybody, thank you so much for coming on the show, Tommy, and every Dr. Tommy, and everyone have a great weekend.